The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Welcome to our show today. This is Ann Beal, your host of Living Well. I am a life coach and licensed counselor. Welcome to the show today. Our show is a show about high-profile celebrities and guests. We have them on to tell us the keys that they've found to living healthy, successful, and fulfilling lives. Today, we have on our show a man who is an expert at living well. He is a stress and anger specialist, and he does exude this in his life. He is a very patient, calm, and self-disciplined man. He is what I would call a renaissance man, an avid reader, book collector, artist, an educator with 20 years as a professor. Dr. Jim Slaughter is our guest today. He is a life coach who works with men all over the world to live their dream. Welcome today, Dr. Slaughter. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited about what you're doing these days. Thank you. Well, I definitely changed my schedule around a little bit to have you on because uh, we had um, a CEO businessman on last week, yeah, Tom, Tom Kirby. Tommy Kirby, right? Yes, yes. And he talked about life coaching um, that he was so successful, but yet he still felt empty in his life and uh, pursued life coaching to right. change his life. And he really did that. So he, now he's living his dream. Yes, he is. And I had so many emails from people wanting to know about what exactly life coaching was and how was it different from counseling. And, and uh, so I had 91 emails exactly wow. <laughs> asking okay. all these questions. So I decided instead, since you are a specialist, a life coach that works directly with men, and I know you work with other people as well, I uh, wanted to have you on so because I consider you the best life coach in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. So, um, okay. So we are going to start, but let me just let people know a little bit about your background. You have done so much. It's quite vast. It's quite vast. Uh, it's in graduate school. You went to OU. Sooner. Yeah, yeah, Boomer Sooner, right, right. (laughs) You were a zoologist major and chemistry. Mm -hmm. That's right. I was very interested in sciences early in my life, and uh, even as a kid, I I really kind of wanted to dig up dinosaur bones. I wanted to be an archaeologist. I didn't know it was really a paleontologist (laughs) that I wanted to be, but never got to do that. But I I did opt for a... uh, a uh, major direction in my undergraduate work in the sciences. I was thinking I might enter a medical career. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen, but uh, made some shifts and, and, and direction changes, but that's okay. It worked out well. I actually heard that you were a zoology major, thinking about dinosaurs and all that stuff, bones, <laughs> and, or in, in pre-med. Eventually, you were thinking you were going to be a dentist, which is bones. 
really. Right, right. right. And yeah, it is. It is indeed. And uh, actually, it's probably turned out better that I didn't go that direction. I think, uh, you know, my, my life has turned out really well in so many ways. And, and I'm thrilled with where, where I'm headed, you know, where I've been. Well, I think it has. I wanted to just share a little bit about after you got out of college, you went into the Air Force and you were an officer. Yeah, I did. And you trained combat air crews. Yes, I did. Uh, my job specifically with the combat air crews in those days was to uh, help them come out alive if their uh, aircraft became disabled or uh, if they had a crisis aboard the aircraft. And so um, it had to do with the use of life support equipment and uh, things like oxygen systems, ejection seats, uh, what to do basically in, in a crisis situation. So when this plane starts spinning, that, uh, would, be that would be a part <laughs> of what I help them understand uh, to ha- how to get out of. Uh, some people, some of those flight crews said we tortured them. We had a uh, what, what was called what's called a decompression chamber that we would have them in, and uh, we could simulate a high altitude uh, a high altitude pressure situation. So we could simulate having them at thirty five thousand feet or forty three thousand feet or something like that, and then we could take their oxygen away and That's see what, what they would do. I was <laughs> right, wondering right, if you did right. that. And we <laughs> yeah, and we would teach them what to do if there are, if a system failed. Uh, we would teach them to know symptoms of hypoxia, which is oxygen deficiency, and what to do if that happened. And Things like that. Ejection seats, parachutes, all that kind of thing. Which means they actually had to experience all those things. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And that was you. No wonder they thought you tortured them. I know, but I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) They had to. You loved them by doing Mm. your family. Oh, great. Then you left the Air Force eventually and you went into ministry. Uh, you went with Campus Crusade for Christ as a campus minister on college campuses, right? Right. That actually, a little bit before the Air Force experience, but then after the Air Force, I entered graduate school, and uh, after uh, earning my master's degree, then went to California, pastored a church for a number of years there. Wow. Then you went back to grad school to get your doctorate. I did. I went back, uh, applied for uh, PhD studies, and went back and and uh, was into those studies a little bit and was invited to take uh, a faculty position, uh, which I did. And uh, just kind of after I got my doctorate, just stayed and, and, and was there a long time. 20 years is a long time. Uh, yeah, 20 years. So you lived in California. Now you lived in Northern California. Well, I lived right on the Central Coast, which is considered Northern California by you know uh, most standards uh, in the Monterey Bay area. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's it's kind of cool, rocky coast, uh, cold water, and but it's so beautiful. They it's forested a lot mm-hmm. of it, and uh, really, really a pretty place to live. And and it was nice for that time for us. And you love that, mm-hmm. yeah. I did. I loved it there. I'd love to love to go back and visit sometime. But maybe not live there. No, I, you know, I think California is not probably the place I would choose to live these days. But uh, you know, a lot of people love it. Yeah, Northern California for me. I was in Southern California. Northern California had the um, very, very, very cold water, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't quite warm enough. And I know you love that. Well, you had you know to swim up there or to surf or whatever. You had to wear a wetsuit, and water is usually about fifty degrees up there <laughs> yes. year round, and so that's a little bit. It makes all your muscles cramp up, so it's hard to swim without the wetsuit. But and I didn't do that too much, but uh, I, I uh, explored the coast some, and that was fun. So what happened to you from the Air Force to go to going into ministry and becoming a pastor? Because there's quite a switch there. 
Yeah, in fact, there's a, there was a big switch in my direction, and that had to do with my, my shift in uh, uh, career direction uh, after I graduated from uh, University of Oklahoma. Um, I, I had been uh, accepted to uh, several really good dental schools, uh, and uh, but something happened to me that had to do with the spiritual side of me and uh and that that really caused me to rethink my life direction where i wanted to go and and what i think what i thought i needed to do or wanted to do with my life and so uh at that time i i ended up um really trusting christ with my my eternal salvation my destiny and uh it really wanted, made me want to uh, investigate a little bit more thoroughly the claims of Christ and uh, spiritual issues in, in a person's life and got me really interested in ministry. And so um, that's when I went on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ for a while, worked on some campuses in Indiana, uh, at Indiana University, Notre Dame, Ball State, uh, Purdue, some of those those schools. And that was, that was interesting. But about that time, I ended up... Um, It was just a short time after I started that that I went into the Air Force. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, you did investigate the claims of Christ quite a bit. Yeah, I did. All the way through master's and doctorate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really did. Right, right. (laughs) You know, we kid around, you must be an achiever. The strength finder is (laughs) an achiever because you went for your doctorate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful. Well, now... You know, it sounds like when you were a professor, you mentored students, you mentored, you did a lot of guys, men's groups or guys' groups, uh, mentored quite a bit. Um, and that would have been a natural progression into what you do now as a counselor and life coach. I, I know most of what you do as a life coach. I have mm-hmm. to get around, though. I know you're also a rancher and a viticulturist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those came really late to me in my life, and uh, they, they've provided a lot of color for me, you know. But, yeah, when I was a professor, I loved that. I just loved being in students' lives. And, and these were committed, motivated students. They were at the grad level. I taught, you know, doctoral seminars and, and master's level courses and things like that. And, and uh I, uh, I I wanted to make the material as practical as possible and really get involved in students' lives. They would come to me. I'd meet with small groups in the morning, and and uh, I helped a number of them uh, find contacts for positions in ministry later when they uh, got to that point, and so really loved it. Wonderful. So I have a question for you. All right. Um, you help men all over the world live their dreams. Right. Uh, yes, yes, I do, actually. So you must do that by phone, mostly. I do it by phone, uh, and guys like that a lot because it's a lot more flexible for them. Yeah, it is. It sounds very flexible. Well, okay, so my, my question for you is, what are their dreams? What are these men's dreams, exactly, that you help them? Yeah, achieve? that's a good question. We were talking about this a little bit earlier, and I, you know, when I think, I, I tend to think more technically and things more practically, which <laughs> is really a better thing to do, I think, actually, I but... Know. You know, I, I, men come to me for different reasons. Uh, sometimes it's career oriented. In fact, often with men, it is career oriented, and uh, they're wanting to uh, uh, climb up the ladder in their career. Maybe they're wanting a higher position. They're wanting more pay. Maybe they want to change careers. Sometimes it's that. Uh, sometimes it has to do with um, the relationships. In fact, uh, probably more relationships than, than career orientation. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I think that um, men often will hire a life coach for career things as well. But it ends up that what they're pursuing in their career to find that love and self-esteem and whatever that is, that affirmation they need so badly is because their life at home isn't where they can get that. So they almost over pursue it in their career. 
No, that's exactly right. Uh, often the, the, um, the, the reason we become workaholics or, or we spend too much time at the office is because our, our family life or our married, marriage uh, is, is not uh, satisfying. We're not content there, and so we just move in a different direction. The interesting thing is that when people come for coaching, they discover that um, what really blossoms is, uh, is their own self in the process of all of that. And, and then, uh, so that that contentment at home begins to come to them. They enjoy those relationships better. They get more affirmation in that context than they did before. And so they enjoy that more. That is why I think everyone says that see Dr. Slaughter for coaching. And they tell a lot of women that have to have their men see, have their husbands see you <laughs> uh, or men if they're having problems in their marriage or their contentment really in their marriage. And I, I, I used to, Tell people that you help men love their wives better, right? <laughs> I know that's funny. You think that's so funny when I told you that? No, because we because uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I always used to tell people I help men get what they want from their wives. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. To... And so I think they are the same thing. I guess they are the same thing. Of... Actually, guys don't figure that out for a while, but it really is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So that they can and and, and their dream. I mean, when a person's dream, the word dream. Is such a it's a wonderful word. I mean, when you you say dream, sure. you think about it. It makes your body feel so good just to think about living a dream and to and to really define that is hard. When you ask somebody, probably even just coming up with a goal. So, what is your main goal? That would be you know a dream and a goal would be similar, but living your dream usually means your whole life being the way you want it. Everything being so fulfilling and so content. And I know that this is where you get these men. You take them on this journey to be able to live the life that you have realized over time, that you have found this truly wonderful dream that you live. Um, And so I know you're writing a book on that, and I'm not going to say anything about that because you're not ready to do that yet. But to help people truly, and I know you also do women, not just men, but you have a reputation with men to really bring them to their to their um, lifelong dream. Yeah, I think most people have given up on their dreams. I, you know, I talk to men about their dream, and, and I do work mostly with men. I just feel like I do, uh, I'm able to help them a, a lot, and, and there are plenty of men out there to focus on and, and work <laughs> with. And, and, uh, and, and sometimes I think that uh, when I share some things with them and I talk to them, sometimes they are just fascinated because the, what I'm talking about is something they either gave up on a long time ago or they never got to. I, I ask men what they do for fun, and they tell me they haven't had fun since they were 12. And that's sad. It's a part of their dream, you know. And uh, and so I, I help them rethink their life really in those ways and begin having some fun and, and moving, you know, identifying and moving towards what their dreams really are. Well, when I think of men um, going to work and coming home, trying to have balance, uh, do well at work and do well with their family, um, they tend to be living the life their wife wants them to live in a way once they get home. That's their free time. And um, if they do that, they'll they'll die a little bit inside. Mm-hmm. And so, how does a man who <clears throat> I see when they're younger blowing up things and stuff like that, <laughs> a bunch of boys together, how do they continue truly being themselves and finding such joy and happiness and balance? That's what I want you to help our listeners today really know how to do. Um, so after the break, we're going to go a little more into exactly what is life coaching and why it, why is it called coaching and how much it is that you're a coach for these men. Well, I appreciate that. And glad for the opportunity and uh, looking forward to that. 
Great. So when we get back, we will speak with Dr. Jim Slaughter, life coach to men all around the world, about how he helps people live his dreams much more defined of what is life coaching, why choose life coaching for this instead of counseling. And we will be right back after the break. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Absurd Psychology. Straight answers without all the bull. Hosted by Dr. Gary Bell. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. There are 13 unbreakable habits of truly enlightened people. These life-changing habits are discussed on Dream the Life, Live the Dream with Dr. Yomi Garnett. We'll offer an excursion in self-discovery, along with wisdom that will allow you to stay on the correct path toward your destiny. You can find excellence in your life. Tune in every Thursday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, that's 10 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for this exciting transformational journey. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Living Well. I am your host, Ann Beal, and we are talking with life coach Dr. Jim Slaughter. We were talking before the break about what he does with these men, life coaching to men all over the world, helping them to live their dreams, um, helping them what I thought was to learn to love their wives better. But he clearly stated it is. (laughs) I I teach men how they can get what they want from their wives. That's exactly. (laughs) Or even life. Because some of the men aren't married. Well, right. I know. And and the thing is, those two things are the same, really, as we said earlier, that they end up being the same thing. And men are usually surprised. Uh, about how they are to go about doing that, you know. And yes. So, uh, but it works out really well. Well, I was just kidding around because you have this reputation, you know. Um, <laughs> and so men flock to you for this kind of help to know how to exude happiness in their family, how to show that, how to feel that, um, and still be so successful. Because Tommy Kirby last week, when he talked, he is incredibly more successful than he was before once he got his personal life in order. Right. Um, when he came, I mean, he was clearly saying he was miserable when he came. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew so much of it was his personal life. And he is one of the few men that when they come, they actually know that, that they're already reaching this pinnacle of success. 
and they are to the point where they realize that it's their personal life that's lacking. And they have tried and with all their skills to be able to make their personal life successful with everything that they know and they're not able to. Yeah, they've worked and worked and worked and just can't get there from here. And and uh, they have good skills, they have good knowledge, good experience, good training, but they just can't do it. And so that's why they seek a life coach. They're motivated. They want it to happen. They aren't in crisis particularly, except they just want something better. They want a better life. They want to achieve some goals fulfill their dreams, they don't know how to do it. And so that's why they have a life coach. They get a life coach. So before I forget, because I don't want to forget that, because sometimes I get so into these talks with these wonderful people that I forget to find out how they how people can reach you if they need to. And so I tend to forget and leave it at the end of the show, and I don't want to do that this time. Um, How would these men reach you if they want to coach with you? Well, there are two two best ways to get to me, and and one is simply to call my cell phone. And I don't mind having my cell phone out there for people who are interested in in life coaching or or want to talk to me. And so uh, my area code is 817. So my number is 817-991-4964. And you can also email me at jslaughterphd at yahoo.com. So let's spell slaughter for them, okay? <laughs> okay. Because okay, I would say there's lots of differences. And I kid around and say S with laughter. And uh, he, he cringes at that. No, that's no, fine. I, you know, <laughs> no, the, the truth is that, that, that my name is, is a strange name for most people. It is slaughter, like to kill something. Like and so it's S-L-A-U-G-H-T-E-R. And... Uh, it, it is kind of funny. This this is actually uh, an old Texas family name. Right. And at one time, one of my ancestors owned about a million acres out in West Texas and was the biggest rancher here. C.C. Slaughter. I, yes. Yeah, C.C. Slaughter. I had to say that. I had to get that he plug is well in. Known but... here. Yeah, we're Texas people. And so he is very well known here, C.C. Slaughter. And Oklahoma. Yeah, and in Oklahoma, right? All the way up to New Mexico, yeah. But anyway. Well, and they just sold the last part of that down by here in the Slaughter Ranch. Yeah, they did. So as you know, rancher. Okay, so we'll go on. Um, All right, so you let them know how to reach you. Yes. I had wondered, um, when you're working with men, um, my question is so often, and I I have a lot of people ask this, so I want to get to this. Okay. Okay. why would someone hire a life coach? And I know I've heard many times and that it's good for anyone who is motivated to create a better life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think motivated is an important word. Very important. Yes. And coaching, you need to be motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why, you know, got to be in a lot of pain or something has to move you to say, I don't want to live like this anymore. Yeah, you just have to get to the place where you say, you know what, I'm tired of this. Uh, it's okay, but I don't want okay. I want great. I want the best. And uh, so a person's motivated to do it. In fact, I give a pre-coaching assessment to every person who asks me to coach them. So I know exactly where they are. I know if they're motivated or not. If they're not, then I say, you know what, maybe we should, let's do some things before we actually would start coaching. Let's get you to a place where you're ready to do that. Or I may say, you are ready. Let's go for it. Well, and when you say that, that you may say, let's do some things first. That is what you mean by giving them options. Um, Counseling could be one of them. Yeah, it could be counseling uh, uh, or it might be just uh, uh, maybe a, a group process of some kind you know, right. where they can get to hear from other men. Or even like life enrichment and retreat. Yeah, there there are certain things. So we have a lot of other things available um, because I think it's important that people know that coaching, coaching is um, 
people who are doing okay. I mean, it's not people who are in deep, deep, deep pain, struggling that are, you know, that have a um, a crisis in their yeah, life. Yeah, they're not in crisis. They don't have a mental, they haven't been diagnosed with a mental health disorder. They're they're in a better, a little bit better place. Than that. Now, when you say that. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are chronic disorders that you live with. and Yeah, that's true. That's especially true. nowadays, almost everyone could have something. But you mean where you're able to function fine. You're functional. Yeah, you're where fine. you yeah where, yeah, where you're not in a dysfunctional state of some right. kind. And you can think clearly. You are in touch with your feelings to sure. a certain extent and that kind of thing. And mostly willing to work. Yeah, very, mostly motivated to work, right? Well, and that is what is um, why you call yourself a coach. Exactly, and and we were talking again about this earlier, and and I was thinking. In fact, Ann asked me why. Why are you called a coach? And uh, I think I, I I believe I thought of some things that I hadn't really thought through before. But uh, you know, I'm an advocate for people who come to me for help. I I am. Uh, uh, behind them. I inspire them. I, I make them believe in themselves. Uh, I do the kinds of things that coaches do on the field. Uh, go ahead. Well, and, and so for me, I think that's so important. Being an, a gymnast and an athlete for so long, the, the life coaching that I do, I know that um, I see such a, a similarity in what you do Mm-hmm. With what my coaches did with me, yeah, absolutely. Um, versus maybe what a counselor would do, okay, or a group leader. And I think the motivation that you just mentioned is so important because mm-hmm. my coaches—they weren't mean. I don't do well with mean. Um, they weren't demeaning. They didn't right. scare me. Um, they motivated me through affir- affirming me and challenging me and believing in me. And and I believe that. The way that they talked to me, they made me believe I could be the best. Right. I could be the absolute best gymnast, the absolute best in karate, the absolute best. I mean, I was drawn to them and entrusted them because of the way that they believed in me, I think. Would yes, you say that? Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, I wanted to say research has shown that uh, intimidation only motivates people for a very, very short period of time. And then it falls off and they become very uninspired and unmotivated. And so that's a good coach has to be like the one you're talking about. But you help them win, and you did say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and, and so a coach does that. They they look for little bitty things that might need to be tweaked a little bit or some correction. You know, hold your get your elbow up higher, shorten your stance, uh, make sure your eyes are on the ball. You know that kind right. of thing, and keep them. There. And so a coach and I would work with a person in, in a very similar way. Uh, look at this. Have you seen this? You know, let's tweak that a little bit. And by doing that over time and, and having some skills. And see, I, I, I have them develop skills just like a, a coach on the field would have his players develop skills. There are disciplines I take them through. There are, uh, there's, a, there's a series of, of things that they begin to do to develop skills that they'll have the rest of their lives. It's not just for this period of time. It's forever. Now that's the conditioning you're talking right, about. Right, absolutely. There's a conditioning process that life coaches, or a good one, will take their clients through that get them to the point where they this is something that becomes a part of their lifestyle. Right. And they know how to do it. Just like a good athlete becomes a better athlete through the conditioning process. And conditioning is so important. And I think as a, a life coach, you have to hold them accountable for that. Yeah, absolutely. That is the part where accountability as a coach, which is different than a friend. Um, friends don't necessarily have to hold someone accountable. They can just love them. Okay. But accountability, you know, coaches are friendly, you know, but they but they have to hold them accountable. Um, and, and working with Tommy Kirby, it's one of the things we talked about that in the beginning, he had trouble with the journaling. He just didn't want to do it right, right exactly the way it needed to be done. And it's... 
our job to hold people to that standard that because if they don't condition and do things daily that you need them to do, right. to learn, things to learn, and get them as habits, um, learning how to meet their own needs, learning how to, so these, so first they have to know their needs. So there's these things that you take them through in the conditioning that determine if they will win or not. Right. And that's the difference even in football. You can tell people who get hurt a lot are probably not conditioning as well as the ones that don't get hurt a lot. I think that's exactly right. And so um, you want them to be successful. So there are certain things conditioning is so important for, or they won't get to their goals, or they won't get to their dreams. And so if we don't, and I've made that mistake, I know in the past, when I was a new coach, um, feeling like, okay, well, it's all right that you didn't do these things, but then they wouldn't reach their goals as well. And so those people are a testament. It reminds me every time I see them, I did not hold them accountable well enough. I let them slide and I don't, I don't do that anymore. And I know I drive people crazy and I know you that the conditioning is one of the most important parts to you. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's one of the things that made a difference for me in my own life. And, you know, I mean, I just say I went through life coaching myself, and it changed my life for the better. And and it, it it gave me something to grab onto to pass on to other men. And I really really am glad about that. I also wanted to say though, when it comes to holding people accountable in the life coaching process, you you don't do it through intimidation or domination. You, I do it by asking good questions. You know what, what do you think? What what do you think kept you? From uh, from writing as much this week, what was it was holding you back? Right. And so you ask uh, the 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 life coach's best friend is a great question to ask. So you don't go, oh my gosh, you didn't, you only did five times. This no, week no right. Yeah, <laughs> guilt and shame. Though that, that, they they, they, you're trying to get away from that, right. uh, not not use that as a technique for so sure. You, so you challenge them to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you challenge them to become and do more than they think they possibly can. Yeah, and that doesn't mean I don't push them and pull them and stretch them and you know point out things that they can do better and all that. You do that. It's just uh, yeah, that's, that, the that's a part of it. Part. Yeah, that's the yeah. uncomfortable part. I right. think even accountability and conditioning is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and um but i but the regular exercise routines are so so important to success i have to ask you about men in general because um if you're working with them on how to get their needs met with women that tells me that they and i have to i know women are difficult okay i know we're strange and we're difficult we think you guys are difficult uh they must not understand women Oh, I think that's definitely true. We do not understand you guys. We really don't. And we think in such different ways. And uh, I mean, again, going back to, to the research picture, that has uh, demonstrated that. Uh, there was a book sometime back uh, called Brain Sex, The Real Difference Between Men and Women. And that, that was really a, uh, that was a, a highlighting thing for this. Um, men tend to think compartmentally, and we think linearly. Women tend to think uh uh, comprehensively, so they're they're thinking of everything that comes into play. At any rate, uh, we, we also tend to think in terms of um, what you do rather than who you are, and that's a big difference in the way men and women think. That's a very big difference, yes, right? Is, yeah. Okay, and so I know I know that for you, like if you were saying, like if a man was getting flowers for his wife, mm-hmm. and you were very you you knew that her love language was not gifts, right? Okay. Uh, you knew where to direct them correctly uh, to help them see that they're, what they're trying to do is not going to work. And right. that's just a simple example. 
Right. Yeah, and, and men get frustrated by that because they they uh, they think that what they like is something that their wife should like too, right? right. And so they do that, and their wife doesn't care about that at all. <laughs> and uh, they the men can't figure out why their wives, you know, are, are not appreciating that. When the, the truth is, the husband hasn't figured out uh, what it is that uh, makes the wife feel loved. So I get I just. I have to do this. I have to get a little personal. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> For you, you said life coaching changed your life. Yeah, it did. Okokay. How would you say uh, for you as far as women and what you've learned about um, teaching these men, how, how did life coaching help you with that? Well, I, I think for one thing, it let me look inside myself a little bit and um, and see how I had been approaching life overall over and against uh, what might make me more successful in all of my relationships. Um, I think it made me realize that there was a, a greater need for some humility in my life. Humility. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes professors and PhD type guys are not well known for that. And there's a reason for that, but uh, more humility, you know, and, and that, that helps in all relationships, more transparency, more honesty and openness, being more forthcoming. Uh, those are things that life coaching teaches a person. And those are honestly some powerful things that work in your favor in relationships. Um, it's hard to fake it though. And so uh, it's a process of learning to become people like that, men like that. And um, that's one of the ways, by the way, in becoming like that, it's one of the ways that we get our wives to do what we want them to do or to give us what we want. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way that you well, rephrase that. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. So humility, it is very important for women to see that in a man. And honesty and, and transparency as well, I think. Right. Openness, yeah. And I think that's hard. Uh, we expect so much out of a man. We want them to be strong, and we want them to be confident. We want them to be smart. We want them to be gentle. Okay? Right, right. And we want them confident but humble. And, it, it, you know. <laughs> it's kind of uh, contradictory. Soft but strong. And, right, I know. It, it is a hard balance. Um, and so men do have a hard job when it comes to their family. And so I think humility, transparency, not hiding um, or lying. I think most men don't lie. They omit um, and cover. Yeah. And cover, mm-hmm. yes. And so those are those are really important things. And so you went through that and you learned that because you're a, you've been a very successful man. You've spoken all over the world. And you've spoken in places that <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily want to go. Just, you went to Colombia. I know. And it was Russia. really bad to go there. <laughs> I know. It's funny. But, uh, you, you know, uh, you've gone to like Holland and, and France. France and all those neat <laughs> all those places. Sweet places you know, yes. I'm going to places where it, you're lucky to get out. Yeah, they have know? machines. Guns, I know, right? right? And so yeah. uh, you've just been a uh, led a really incredible life. But there was a point where you came to really learn these things and have used those that knowledge to help men all over the world. And I I want you to be able to in the next segment for us to go more into that. Uh, men would love to hear that, and women would love to hear that. I promise. And so we will come back after the break with Dr. Jim Slaughter to Living Well with Ann Beal. Want to go to happy hour? No, it's not that kind of happy hour. It's better. Kick off your heels or loosen your necktie and join Liv and Kelly for the happiest hour of your day. Join them as they share tips, tools, and totally doable techniques 
to create more bliss in your everyday life. If you want more happiness in relationships, at work, and within, and you're ready to start living your dream life, tune in every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get what you want out of life and create more happiness. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How do you achieve balance in your life? Is it when everything runs in perfect alignment with each other, time, money, and life? You can keep everything in nearly perfect balance. Listen for Be Mighty with K.D. Marley, which is made up of two people, K. Mar and D. Lee. The hosts have worked with small business owners to find the best and most systematic way of tracking both time and money in order to achieve work-life balance to their advantage. The show can help you, too. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, I'm your host, Ann Beal. Welcome back to Living Well. Our guest today is Dr. Jim Slaughter, life coach to men all around the world. And um, we joked a lot about, you know, him helping men know how to love their wives better. And he said that what he really does is... I teach men how to get what they want from their wives. <laughs> and just <laughs> Boy, that raises eyebrows when we're in a group with women. And I'll tell you for sure, boy, they don't, you know, they don't like that. But they don't understand what I'm really talking no, about. No, they don't. That, so. Well, because if they did, they would understand that that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, right. Because exactly. people don't hang around somebody... Uh, even just spend time with them if it doesn't make them feel good. Exactly. And That's so, true. 
a person is drawn to another person because of how they make, they make them feel. Yeah, and what men don't understand is, I mean, you know, they have some things, uh, maybe there's dissatisfaction or there's, you know, discontent in their marriage relationship, and they want certain things that perhaps they're, they're not getting or feel like they're not getting from their wives, but they, they don't understand uh, the way to, to, to get that, and they don't understand that getting really starts with giving, uh, and, and so sometimes just alerting men to some very simple things can change the picture in big ways for them. I could see that. I, I could truly see that, that um, just as a wife, okay, for me, it would be, and I know you've done this. I know that even though you see men and most of the time, you've done incredible with women when you get them because women don't understand men. Right, they don't. And um, they come to you with that mainly, honestly, their their needs not being met. Their their deep uh, their love tank is empty. They don't know how to get their husband to meet their needs or make them feel more loved. A lot right. of times, they won't have felt loved. Right, that's true. Uh, and so, whatever it is they say, like they they aren't being helped, or their husband doesn't spend time with them, or, or whatever it is. Okay, you can easily help them get to the place where they change the way that they're trying to get their needs met by their husband because it's not working. Mm -hmm. And it does take people a long time to come in because they've tried everything for a long time. Yeah, we usually do that. We we try uh, in uh, with every resource we we can think we have, you know, every skill, every uh, talent or ability, and it doesn't work. And so that's usually what brings us in when we're we're motivated to to find some way to do this. So let's say that for you – um, you have a, a man come in, and um, he isn't satisfied with his life. Mm-hmm. And I know you've had different men do that, and I know you've even had students do that. You had a lady from Columbia or uh, Carnegie oh, Mellon. Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon, Mellon University, yeah. Yeah, grad student there uh-huh. that you helped her. Right. Um, and she went into the business of working with companies. Yeah, and um, she she her biggest uh, issue was motivation. She could not get motivated to get out there and use her skills. And uh, you know, by the time we were through with the coaching process, she was flying to California That's and right. getting out there, and she was meeting with these top executives, and she was showing her stuff, and and uh, and and getting hired by a really right. really big outfit, and uh, and just loved what she did. So right. that was neat, you know, to see. Uh, men that have hired you have been sat- dissatisfied with their jobs. Often. And yes. <laughs> often. Often. Is that most often? No, no, not really. I, I think the most thing, uh, the, the, the most uh, uh, consistent issue is relationship issues. You know, right. people come in and they, they and often it's marriage. Uh, sometimes it, I had a, a guy one time was trying to, he had been dating a, a woman for a long time and he was trying to decide whether to marry her or not. And, and, uh, just wasn't sure where to go from here, right? Yeah, and yes. so we started working on that, and a lot of other issues then came out that uh, that he he wanted to work on. But uh, as that worked out, he he ended up deciding it really would not be the best thing to marry her, and so he didn't. He discovered a lot of other things in the oh, process. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely, sure. yeah. As a life coach, you walk with them through these processes, mm-hmm. and I I think that. Life coaching is very different in that some people say it's an equal relationship. Um, you are equals for sure, 
but you are all about them. That's you are all about them reaching their goal, watching them, seeing what they're doing, seeing where they're making the mistakes so that you can correct and adjust and strengthening them and making them stronger so that they can be better than they could ever imagine. So yeah. how does that work as a husband when they come in for help in their because I, I would say most men are not satisfied in their marriages. Most men. Well, uh, I don't know what the statistics would be, but I, I suspect that's true. Why is that? Uh, they probably, well, gosh, there are, some, there are different reasons for that. But you, usually it's because they really don't know how to be a good husband, I think. And uh, so part of my responsibility is to help them understand uh, relationally and, and, and not, not just relationally, but, but what it means to be a good husband and uh, what a woman needs from her husband. So you know? what, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the spot here, what don't you? Uh, I, I think that uh, I think a woman needs and, and really, really does need from her husband uh, compassion. Compassion. She needs to sense that he is really working on understanding what she wants, what she needs. He listens to her actively. He asks good questions. He's willing to say, I am so sorry. I didn't even know I was doing that. Uh, she, she needs to see him um, in, a, in a, uh, uh, a, an, an unprotected kind of uh, profile. In other words, uh, out there, open, honest, um, not defending himself. We have such a tendency, guys, do to defend ourselves. We 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 don't like being wrong. We 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 don't like uh, uh, making mistakes. And uh, you know, I mean, I think women. It's not that women do like that that kind of thing. It's just that for men, see it differently. We don't like to be there, and so it's very very difficult. Wherever you see a guy who says, I am sorry, you are right, I did the wrong, I was wrong to do that. Right. You see a guy who's gone down the road a bit, you right. know, he's learned some things. Well, and I don't, I don't, I was laughing a little bit because you're so passionate about what well, you're saying. Well, I am, I'm very, I am, I am, because I know what it's, see, and that's one of the differences uh, between the client and me. I, I know how to, I know how he can change, and I know how to help him reach his goals. I see things he doesn't see. I help him correct the mistakes that he makes, okay? And we're not equal in that because he doesn't see any of that. Right. I see that. And I'm, I'm like a coach that says, your stance is too broad. Bring your feet in a little bit. Raise your elbow or you're <laughs> dropping it or whatever. Come on, and, man. You can do this. <laughs> you can do this, right. And, um, and so we aren't equal in that way. I mean, he may be a better plumber or carpenter or executive than I am, okay? I got that. But, but I know more about this than he does, and so I can help him here. You also, because as a life coach, you've been trained how to pull these things out of them, these, these qualities that you know are in these men. Right. To be excellent husbands. Because I would say that, you know, of course they don't know how to be good husbands. They don't have very good models. Right. And, and I think even if they had a, a great dad, because I know that my, like, even my um, executive producer here has a wonder. He, he loves his dad. Mm-hmm. I love my dad. He's mm-hmm. this fabulous dad. And no, no fathers are perfect. They all make mistakes. Right. And so, you know, they had gone through the hard balance, too, of being successful but not being successful in this area and all the things they've gone through. But I think most of what kids look at are the athletes and the um, models that are out there on TV. And they seem so exciting. Their life seems so exciting. Um, And so they're looking out at other people outside of their family. Their family helps a lot. 
But a lot of families, fathers struggle in some way. Sure. Every father struggles in different ways. And, you know, it's true. Familiarity breeds contempt. I mean, you know, you're you're around these people every single day. You yeah. see the, the smallest mistakes, you know, you right. see those things happen. And so uh, it, it, it's harder, I think, for a dad uh, to develop integrity. I think it's harder for a dad to develop a good reputation with his kids, yeah. you know, than it is for a football coach someplace, you know. Well, it's much harder. I think I think work is uh, has a definition and they have roles. They have defined roles of the jobs right. that they do. Most jobs, I'm not saying all jobs do, but you know, you have a um, an, an expectation absolutely de- defined for you. And and women, well, women are just not that way. We get no um, definition for what women are like. <laughs> uh, moms, children, and so it's um, and and the way women are. It's interesting that God made us so different from men. The way we think, the way we feel, being so compassionate usually, yeah. um, and we don't realize that men aren't really gifted with these these things, and we misunderstand. A man just doesn't naturally know how to be a great father or a great wife. No, no. Great husband. Great husband. No, no, he doesn't know that. It's not instinctive for him. It is a learned skill. Okay? It's a learned skill with men. They have to learn how to do that. And it's step by step. Uh, You know, I have so many guys who come to see me and they say, you know, everything goes great at work. Every work is great. I'm doing great there, but I'm such a failure at home. What's wrong with me? And so we talk about that. You mentioned the structure at work. I mean, and I said, well, you have a, a rules to go by at work, right? You have a structure to, to, to fit into at work, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And if people don't do what you say, you fire them, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you don't fire your wife or you can't fire your kids, right? And so it's harder at home. There's not the same kind of structure. And so we learn how to deal with that. We learn how to, to fit into what, what family looks like, what home looks like. And it brings so much pleasure. I mean, the, to have your home be your safe place, to have your home be, you know, pleasurable. Walk in, there's a wonderful fire, a wonderful mm-hmm. smell in the air, have <laughs> right, your kids yeah. all excited to see you. Mm-hmm. I mean, to not have that, to, to, to lack that and have everything else. Leaves you feeling so empty inside, right? It does, and there's a, in fact that brings to mind a couple that I'm working with. You know, right? I've been coming to see me, and uh, and and that that turnabout has taken place for them. There was a time when the dad was an outcast, okay, but now he has he's really shifted some a lot of things in his life. He's gotten better. He's he's he really is healthy now, and and his family has invited him back into the home, and they are so thrilled to have him. It's a new life for them. Yeah, and he's the leader now. Yeah, he is, he is the leader. They look to him, and they and he has already built some integrity with them, which he had totally lost. Before. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, often um, at home, the wife will often be the leader, which isn't necessarily a good thing, right? We would want them to be a team together, to work together as a team. And what I find is it's usually... One or the other, but often it's the woman that's the uh, stronger one and more the leader at home. Well, the husband abrogates leadership. He gives it, he gives into it. He gives it up. He says, you you, you take it from here, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about this. You're the expert here. You do the family thing. I'll make the money. You do that. Of course, sometimes those roles are reversed now. The woman makes, you know, gets yeah. out and, and, and has a higher income or whatever. But often that's what happens. And so I think a team approach to uh, to marriage and being a couple together and a team together, people often have a hard time understanding or seeing what that looks like. Well, and it brings such joy. And I know for men, even if the woman is stronger at home, it, the, the tough thing is, is where's their place? And mm-hmm. they feel so empty and lonely there 
So they, they work so hard outside of there. I know for you, I've seen you and heard so much about what you do with these men to bring them such deep satisfaction, pleasure, and success in their personal life, home life, spiritual life. I mean, Mm -hmm. whatever you call their personal life, whatever. um, But they're still so successful. And and I think that's the key because I think their fear is they'll start working with someone and all these qualities, like I mentioned with Tommy, that their business would go down or their success would go down. No, no, it almost always goes up. It's almost always the the reverse of that, the Mm -hmm. inverse of that, yeah. They're more successful than before. Because if their home life is good. Then they're good. I mean, you know, that's that's the one area where they feel they feel failure. And if they can be content and see success in that and get the home life where they would like for it to be, if they can if they can realize dreams at home, then then dreams at work just skyrocket uh, the achievement there. Yeah. And and their their joy Mm -hmm. and their fulfillment. And they they become such less anxious, less angry, uh, much more peaceful people, um, pleasurable. And I know for you, you have come a long ways. You would say that about yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I've struggled with just being uh, uptight and stressed, and, uh, <laughs> and there's a bit of perfectionism in my personality profile, as you know, and uh, I'm really hard on myself, you know, tend to be. I've had to really work through that stuff and find a way to achieve, you know, like one of my dreams was just being okay, <laughs> in a way, being content, being, you know, and, and, and dealing with stress better. And I've been able to do that. And, and frankly, life coaching helped me do that. And You are a very patient, compassionate, hum- humble man, and yet very successful. And so I know you've come a long ways. And um, we had Dr. Slaughter on today to offer this so that you could get a little insight into what happened with Tommy Kirby that we talked about in the last segment, um, the spiritual life of a successful businessman. Mm-hmm. And um, Dr. Slaughter coaches these men to success in whatever it is they're asking him to do, to live their dreams. And so that was the segment today, how to live your dreams and why life coaching. So uh, what I didn't tell you is Dr. Slaughter is my husband. And we are truly living our dream together. And a very happy husband. He <laughs> very is. happy husband. And so uh, we wanted to share this because he has found the keys to living healthy, successful, and a fulfilling life. Um, and he leads men other all around the world to do this. And I think traveling around the world, you really got to see that men are the same all over the world. Yes. And so they reach out by phone. Mm -hmm. And if you want to reach Dr. Slaughter, his number is 817-991-4964. You can also uh, email us at the Living Well website, ablivingwell at gmail.com. Or you can go to his website, lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com. And um, you can reach him there. Thanks for tuning in this week to hear Dr. Slaughter, and hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time on Living Well with Ann Beal. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 